Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another edition of the Brattlecast. This is a fun podcast to do, and it's even more fun to listen to, as people tell us. And uh, the reason why is because we've got stories, and the great storyteller himself is Ken Gloss, the bookseller and proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop, located in Boston on West Street. It's an institution. You definitely want to check it out. Uh, lots of history, lots of fun. And today, uh, as, as always, I don't know what you're going to unveil, but you have a big, uh, big, uh, looks like a scrapbook on the table. Yeah. Looks like it's an old edition of a scrapbook. And what's in it? Postcards. And it's it's fun because postcards, I mean, they're still out. You, and there's a million areas of collecting that you can do with postcards. I mean, it might be your hometown. It might be... Uh, pictures for costume. It might be obviously the remembrances of places you've been or mm. what you've written to friends. And they're fun to look through. And I'm almost feeling a little bit with this one that my father and I, when we were in the business, always were a little bit tensioned just because of our different personalities. But my father used to get in large libraries. But if there was a box of postcards, or there was an album of postcards, he'd always tell everybody, put that in the front seat so when I get into the store, I can look at those first. Well, I was just out in Brookline. The people had called us, said they had 10,000 books in the house. They were settling it for someone. Wow. Uh, turned out they only had 5,000. You know, not, uh, well, uh, <laughs> they had 5,000, and we boxed up almost 200 boxes of books that you have to move and get out. But in one of the areas, I saw an album postcards, and they said, yeah, that's part of the thing. So I put it on the front seat of my car and, uh, and brought it in. And they're just – postcards can be all sorts of different things, but uh, they can be July 4th. They can be Thanksgiving, oh, wow. they Christmas, Halloween. And uh, Halloween's a little rarer than some of the others because not that many people sent Halloween cards. But then you see different spaces, Easter. And there is uh, whole areas of collecting that are just postcards. Of course, uh, what do I do first? I turn it over and look at what they're writing on the postcards. Yep. <laughs> it says messages and there's history right here. But let's talk about what you have. Right now, is that uh, New York or is that L- Boston? Let me see what it is. Uh, Looking at a skyscraper, that isn't... Um, New York. That is yeah, New that, York. That is New York. Well, there are people who collect postcards because they want you know, sights and scenes of their towns. There are people who collect postcards because they're uh, holidays that they like. There's a huge amount of Christmas collecting, Fourth of July collecting. There are also postcards that come out with certain uh, artists who do them, and people like the signed artist cards. Uh, matter of fact, recently I've gone to the Museum of Fine Arts, and one of the rooms has been whole collections of postcards. They are... Uh, the Boston Museum bought a collection of, I think, well over 100,000 postcards oh, wow. from, uh, from one man, and they've been putting on exhibits. And they, one of the things that I actually saw once that I'm not going to start collecting, but I, boy, would I love to turn up someone's collection. They had probably two or 300 postcards of baseball stadiums. 
So, you know, some of them, the older stadiums that don't exist anymore, mm. some of the more recent, some that they take from different angles. Another style of postcards that aren't as much in this album is what they call real photo postcards, yes. where people take the photograph themselves and oh. then have a postcard printed up. And, you know, you think, you say, postcards, okay, it's a very simple area to collect. There's every in and out in intricacy. And the, the most people, would. there's no reason anyone would really know this, but they're deltiologists. That's the scientific name for postcard collecting. Deltiologists. Yeah, deltiologists. Well, here's a, a point to make. The artistry in these, and I'm looking at oh, ones yeah. from 1910, this, this kept a lot of artists in work, right? Oh, yeah, and it kept a lot of printers printing and in uh, I, another time I went to somebody's house mm-hmm. and and there uh, they had a thousand postcards of public libraries uh, which you know you wouldn't necessarily think of that initially but it made a fascinating collection there's also um, a lot of humorous postcards yes which you find now postcards started and, and it's an interesting uh, Way they started, first of all, in order to really have postcards work, you needed a very efficient, cheap postal system. Because what good would postcards do to you on, uh, for like Pony Express? I mean, that was expensive. But the real first batches of postcards came out in the 1890s at the Chicago World's Fair. And that was so popular and so many people bought these little cards, which you probably paid a penny or two or five cents for, but then you could easily mail them to friends. And all that had to come together. And then they were so popular that just it, it just went on forever and still does. Well, here's a question. I don't know if we know the answer to this one, but we're seeing a lot of birthdays and holidays and so forth, which for most people, they think of sending a greeting card in this day and age if people still do that. But these are quick and easy ways to say happy birthday, Merry Christmas, happy Valentine's Day, etc. Well, I think I just saw a Valentine's Day I can give to my yeah. wife in a few months. <laughs> uh, actually, I used to do that every once in a while. If we got some really interesting postcards, uh, I would uh, save but one. I mean, today, I don't know if that's the case. Is it the case? That postcards? You, no. No, no. No, no. Postcards, are, most postcards now are... Location, locations, in, in, you know, in, uh, wish you were here, wish you were here, or Niagara Falls, or whatever. But uh, somehow there, there's a drawer in for them that you go and you start flipping the pages, and you go, oh wow, look at that, or you see Revere Beach, or you see a racetrack. I'm or looking you, at racetracks right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there Beaches. was there were some postcards that the windows would be in sort of very clear and you could hold them up to the light and the, the oh, windows would light up. Oh, that's, uh, that's, cool. a, that's a type of postcard collecting. Mm. Uh, and it's one of those things, like I say, I bought 200 boxes of books and what am I looking at first? I'm looking at the postcards. What's also interesting, and I know you look at these and study them and enjoy them, is the uh, the cursive handwriting that is so lovely from that era. I'm looking at 1900s early, and people took time to write with quills and with <laughs> fountain pens and so forth. Well, it, it's fun. Now, a lot of the postcard collectors like them unwritten on, mm-hmm. but then there are people who collect them because they like what is written. 
And about 20 years ago, we were in Vermont. And it was, again, it's interesting how the, the stories go. We were in Vermont, and we bought a collection of books that were almost all on roads. And uh, the man who collected them had 2,000 acres of land in Vermont near Mount Snow. Mm-hmm. And, but he was very interested in 18th century coaching, the, you know, horses and coaches. Right. And he cut coaching roads in between his house and so on. In any case, he had postcards of roads and things. And we brought him into the store and we had the box. And this one person comes in uh, and looks at the card and he always likes reading the back. And he goes, I know the person who sent this card, and I know who he sent it to. Oh, my And he's going, God. you know, it was like pick it out of, you know, a random box <laughs> filled with postcards. And he then he started telling who this was and where that was. They were from New York. They were, and I got a whole background story from one postcard. Uh, and I would venture to say that every one of these cards that has a personal me- meaning and message has just that kind of background story, obviously. Here's one I just uh, – may I just sure. this yeah, up for a second? Uh, this one caught my eye. No matter what, no matter from what country you are, ain't it H blank blank, probably standing for hell, yeah. to be poor. And what's interesting about this one, let's look at the date, 1910. Picture of Uncle Sam in the middle and some savory characters holding their pockets, empty pockets open. Well, it was probably, that was a very political. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm the, thinking. Exactly. And they have political postcards and... Uncle Pete, never be afraid to own up to the truth. Signed, John. Yeah. (laughs) And and another thing, another aspect of postcards that can be a lot of fun is figuring out where they are. In other words, if you get a postcard of Europe, now uh, I'll continue that story. This is, there was a very famous time where Cupid dolls oh, were yes. very, and sunbonnet, there was a whole series of sunbonnet babies, and this card is a sunbonnet baby card. <laughs> but uh, sometimes you get a card, and it might be a European town or city, but it says so-and-so square, or at so-and-so, well, a lot of times it can be quite an effort to figure out where these places are. And we had one customer who started collecting postcards, and it turned into this huge library of European guidebooks, European maps, European – because he wanted to figure out. And with all the country changes and the names, uh, they didn't uh, – He and he'd make trips and pilgrimages all based on his postcard collection. Well, OK. Uh, though this does tell us where it is. Asbury Park, which is the Jersey Shore. Right. right but – but just think if somebody from Europe had gotten that card, and then you'd say, where's Asbury Park? Yeah, now, and, and, and there was no Google at that time. There so was they no Google. To... Or, or one of the examples I say, and maybe a lot of people who hear this, if you got a postcard that just said Scully Square. Now, if you didn't know or for, were from Boston that that's a very er- famous area of Boston, but if it just said Scully Square – and let's say you were in Japan or in Europe, you'd go, where is Scully Square? And that's what a lot of people do is try to track down where the card is from. 1908. Yep. 
and it's that era. And uh, looking at the beach, and of course, most of the men on the beach are wearing uh, tops and bottoms. Most of the women are wearing long dresses, even yeah. on the beach. It's amazing. It really is. It's, then, it's, it's a capture of history in that one shot. And then you can get into, like I say, when you go from postcards, another fascinating area, and this is an area where postcards are starting to get really valuable, is gay. Uh, there aren't many postcards, but I know I had one uh, from Florida. It was probably a 1950s card, the Ulala Club. It was all men uh, dressed in drag. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing Seinfeld. wrong, but it makes a fabulous collection if you can put together a collection like wow. that. Because, you know, now you look at it and go, it was just a little bit of sign of the times, uh, but it's a fascinating how they were dressed and what. Uh, what they were wearing, and the fact that they were to the point of putting out a postcard saying how proud they were yeah. of, of this. And do we know offhand about parts of the world? I mean, uh, the postcards in Europe, obviously, postcards in maybe Mexico or whatever. But I mean, Asia? Do we? Do we oh, know? sure. Japan has Japan in particular has loads of uh, very beautiful postcards going back a long way. Uh, all through Southeast Asia, you can get them. Mm-hmm. And also, too, the ones that are most common, well, in the United States, the cities, the biggest cities town, the Grand Tour. In other words, the Central Europe, Italy, France, Great Britain, Germany, and cards of the museums and so on that people mm-hmm. would bring back. But the more you get off the beaten path, the rarer the cards are because less people went to those areas. One more question. Let's see. Can we tell how much these cost to send? Most of these would be just a couple of pennies, right, yeah, in those days? Well, what did they, many of them were called penny postcards. Penny postcards. And, there you go. And some of them you could buy uh, almost with a pre-stamp a postage on them too. But That's another uh, thing too. Uh, boy, there's more stuff coming out all the time. One cent stamp, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. And these are uh, stamps that are, of course, been stamped by the post office. But it's kind of interesting to see a lot of them are from the same the, the same book of stamps, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also uh, generally the stamps are not particularly valuable right. because there were so many of them sent. Right. And then you can get to what the people are writing on them. And I, one of the most moving cards – that I had, I had to do in a, one of the appraisals that I did on Antiques Roadshow. And it was during World War II when this 17, 18-year-old girl was writing to her parents with, from one of the work camps. Uh, oh. They had come, taken her out, and then sent her to one of the essentially slave labor camps. And she wanted, they actually got, that people don't realize, in some of the work camps, they actually would let people out into the town under escort and they could write home. Uh, mm. And I one time got a postcard on that. And, you know, I was thinking, I can't imagine being in a position where you were in one of those camps and had to send something to your family or being the family and having one of your children mm. in those postcards. And she was upbeat because I think she wanted her parents to feel good. But I... The, First of all, a lot of people don't realize that there was some mail sent out, and that can be incredibly moving. And I think the family who I saw has it, and they're probably going to put it in a museum at some place. Some would scoff at this and think, oh, it's just old stuff. Who cares? But you and I just spent 
15, 18 minutes talking about the value beyond just the paper it's printed on. It's it's the meaning, it's the messaging, and it's the history. Yeah, and, and the other thing about postcards that's great, there are lots and lots of them. Most of them are relatively cheap, so you don't have to be, quote, a millionaire to, to buy, uh, you know, anything. And it's a, an area where almost anywhere you go anywhere, there are going to be postcards uh, that you can find, and it makes a nice search. All part of what happens on a daily basis at the Brattle Bookshop. Uh, this man is on the go, on the run, when he's not in the store, discovering treasures and sharing them with us on the Brattlecast. Ken, as always, thank you. I want to remind people it's brattlebookshop.com for all kinds of additional information. And once you get hooked, you will not be able to stop yourself, uh, as I am a testament to. And one of the nice things about this is that I got to pick this up and take it home. I still have to move 200 boxes <laughs> of books, but that, that's that's another f- aspect of the box. Which is why he looks like Jack LaLanne <laughs> in his prime, folks, I'll tell you. Ken, thank you so much. Thank Great you. Great to see you. It's fun. It's fun.